Hey there, welcome to Start and Keep Going. I'm Molly Cash and I am here to cheer you on in whatever you're doing and to give you something to think about. This episode is called The Goal is Not the Goal. So let me start off with a little story. Um, a couple years ago, toward the beginning of the pandemic, um, I started to work on a piano piece. It's called Romance by Sibelius. And it's beautiful and it's weird and I love it. And it's super hard to play. Now you've got to know, I'm not actually um, a pianist. I am a musician. I've played violin my whole life, pretty much. And so I'm very trained in music, but I never have really developed technique of playing the piano. Plus, I'm a, f a very small person and my hands are like the same size as my kids' hands. So it's hard for me to reach stuff on the piano. And this particular piece has, you know, lots of big chords and crazy, you know, runs that have tons of sharps and flats and all of these, you know, just, just absurd music, really. Um, but I just thought it was cool. And we were stuck home, stuck at home for, you know, a while. And I just started to play this piece. And I started off just kind of picking through as much as I could and really stumbling over all of it and not really being able to play it. But I kept doing it. And after a while, I was like, you know, I'm going to just slow down and actually learn this. Um, from all my years as a violinist, I know how to break a piece down and actually learn the notes. I know how to drill. I know how to learn tiny sections at a time and then put them together later. And so I started doing that on this piano piece. And from the start, I just thought I will never be able to play this whole piece, especially this one, you know, middle part on page two or whatever. So what I started doing was just playing, you know, I would just break down one little section that I thought, ah, maybe I can get this one. And I started to actually learn some of these and be able to play them. Well, I kept doing this. I'm sure my family got really sick of that one piece, but I kept learning another little section and another one and another one. Well, eventually after a long time, probably a year, um, I had learned the whole thing. And I'm not saying that I sound great. Like, again, I'm not even a pianist. And yes, I realize that's a thought. That's, I, <laughs> that's me choosing to believe that. And I could believe that I am a pianist. But what I mean is I, I haven't been like taught really how to play the piano correctly or anything. Um, so I don't, like, I don't sound good on it. <laughs> but I can play the whole thing. And I can play it not as fast as the professionals, but like all one speed. You know, I don't have to slow down for the hard parts anymore. And I'm telling you, I am blown away that I was able to do that. It still just shocks me sometimes when I think about it. And I had this one moment when I was playing through um, the very hardest part. <laughs> that is just, it's just ridiculous how hard it is for me. 
And I'm, you know, I'm just trying to reach, you know, several inches between my fingers and it's just, it's just nuts. And one day I was just playing through and I played through that whole piece and it's a pretty, or sorry, I, I played through that whole, that hardest part, which is a pretty dramatic part of the music. And I got to the end of this, you know, this big run and I realized that I wasn't focusing on every note. I was just playing it. I was just kind of lost in the music and like listening to it as I played it. And I got chills. And I just started crying because here was this thing that I knew was totally impossible for me. But for whatever reason, I decided to just do it anyway. And I actually was able to do the impossible thing. And it just was such a beautiful moment to me that I started crying at <laughs> my own music. So that feels a little weird. But anyway, in the process of learning this piece that from the get-go, I just decided was, was impossible for sure. I learned a lot about playing the piano and I learned a lot about myself, like what makes me tick, like what makes something fun and something like I, this was hard work and I just was doing it for fun. So I learned about that. And then I learned, I learned something else. Like once I had, I could play the whole thing. I was resistant to like, uh, learning, you know, the, the stylistic part of it, the dynamics and everything, because, and, and I think the reason is that I am a bit of a perfectionist and I thought I'm never going to be able to play this perfectly or even like, well, and so if I just keep it unfinished, then, you know, it's okay that it's not perfect, but if I finish it and it's not perfect, then it can be judged, you know? Which is silly because I'm like, who am I ever even going to play this for? So that's another thing I learned, but that's a whole different conversation. In the process, though, I learned things um, about playing the piano. I My mom is a pianist and there were some really tricky parts and I asked her for some help. And she taught me about um, which fingers to use and how you want to alternate. You know, if you're playing chords, you want your fourth finger on one and then fifth finger on the next one and then fourth and then fifth. And I had seen that in like marked in music before, but I never understood why. And I thought it was dumb because, you know, it's harder to reach. <laughs> but um, she like helped me understand why you do that. And so now I know a little bit more about which fingers to use on the piano so that maybe something else I could play. I, I could figure that out on my own without even needing to call my mom, maybe, maybe, I don't know. So the point is, I set out to do something impossible. Already resigned to just never being able to actually accomplish it and just having fun trying anyway. And it was fun. I enjoyed it a lot. I learned a lot. I got to um, enjoy the cool music that I like. And as a bonus, I actually was able to do the impossible thing. Now, on the coattails of that experience, I recently, just a few weeks ago, started practicing a new piano piece. 
And this one is truly impossible. Um, it's a really famous piano concerto. It's uh, Rachmaninoff's concerto number two. And it's insanely difficult. And not only difficult, but there are many, many places where I, the notes, like I, I just can't reach them. My hands are just too small. I don't have enough fingers to play this piece and I never will. So this time I'm really convinced it's impossible. And <laughs> yeah, like my mind is open a little bit from the previous experience that I may be able to play and I may be able to learn and, and play more of this than I think I can. But I'm telling you, there are parts I've, I'm really convinced I just will never be able to play. So it's truly impossible. But guess what? I'm practicing it every day. I get out the music. I stumble through the notes. I try to find the easier parts and work on those and learn them a little bit. And I'm enjoying it. I'm having fun trying to do something that's impossible. And guess what? I'm learning skills along the way. And as another byproduct, this music that I also love is stuck in my head all day now. So I get to enjoy it in my head too. So the reason I'm telling you all this is because this applies in so many areas of life. A couple years ago, I made a goal to run a 5k and I you just have to know I have never been a runner always hated it um, but I had a I have a good friend who is a runner and who convinced me that I could learn maybe to run and to be okay with it and so I started running with her and I was kind of enjoying it and I thought okay I'm gonna make a goal to run a 5k which is very short, you know, but for me, that was a big deal. And so I had one in mind and I had the date on my calendar and I started, you know, practicing and go two or three times a week. And I started building up my, my stamina or my muscles. And I ended up having some health issues that prevented me from being able to do the 5k. I never even registered because I just knew like this is not happening. So I never did the 5k. But I became a person who kind of sort of enjoyed running. And I built the foundation of the muscles and the stamina to be able to build on later. Plus, I had good time spent with this friend. We would go on the trail and that was awesome. I got to enjoy that and have good conversations. And I learned a lot about stretching and how to help my muscles recover after being stressed. And so I have these skills now that I didn't have before because of this goal that I never even reached. So yeah, that was the goal, but it wasn't really the point. And whether I did the 5K or not was irrelevant when it comes to what that has actually added to my life. Simon Sinek talks about the difference between a goal and a vision. 
And I like how he explains this because he says that a goal has an endpoint. It's finite. And you know when you've reached it. But a vision goes beyond you. A vision is something that you care deeply about and you know you'll never reach it, but you're going to die trying. He explains it better than I do, but I love this idea. And he says his vision is world peace, which is an insane goal for a person, right? And he knows he's not going to achieve that, but he's planning to die trying and think of the person he will become and all the good he'll do in the pursuit of that vision rather than saying, well, that's impossible. I'm not going to try. Trying to do the impossible is how you evolve. It's how you learn and expand and get to know yourself better and get to know more about other people and about the world. And it's also, according to Simon Sinek, how you find meaning and purpose in your life and in your work. Working toward the impossible. Another area where I find this very helpful is anytime there's some kind of evaluation or performance. I mean, we can see it in kids' grades, right? When we make it all about the grade, then the focus is not, oh, this is interesting. I love learning about this. It's, is this on the test? Am I doing okay? Am I measuring up? Which just takes all the joy out of learning, right? But we do this to ourselves too. Even in hobbies, we can start off doing something we've never done before and we're just learning and having a lot of fun and then we get kind of good at it and then we think, oh, I need to be good at this. I need to be better at this. I need to be the best at this. My husband plays a lot of pickleball. He loves pickleball and I don't blame him. It's super fun. I like to play a lot too, but I don't play as often as he does. And so I'm not nearly as good. He's really good and he plays with other people who are really good. And he's told me that when he focuses on trying to win a game, two things happen. One, he often does not play as well. And two, it's not fun, <laughs> especially if he's not playing as well, because then he's frustrated that he's not playing well, and now he's certainly not going to win. But when he focuses on just playing the game for fun, just having fun, of course, he has more fun. But he also tends to play better and win more games. Interesting, right? But it makes perfect sense because when the goal, the obvious goal of winning the game is not the real goal, it takes the pressure off of the experience to just produce this result. And the experience itself becomes the goal and the result. It doesn't matter who wins the game, right? Because we're having fun. I see this in kids' sports a lot. Um, my daughter plays soccer, and <laughs> there were a couple of games last season that got pretty intense with the parents, like, yelling at each other <laughs> and yelling at the ref, and it, it just, it, I, I don't understand. I mean, I can, I can see how some things are frustrating, and sometimes there are bad calls, and sometimes there are missed calls, and it can be frustrating, especially when your kid's getting knocked around out there or or it's just not fair 
But when things get crazy and escalated like that, and there's all this focus on the points or the score or the the result, who wins, I always have to wonder, like, wait, why are we here to begin with? And I guess I can't speak for the other parents, but I know that for me, I'm there for my daughter to have fun, to learn how to play soccer, to get some exercise, to learn how to work as a team, how to follow directions from adults that aren't mom and dad and have a different, you know, style of, of uh, leadership, making new friends, getting along with different personalities. And all of that happens whether she wins or not. All of it. That's the point. That's the goal. Even the way we look at raising our kids sometimes is problematic because we put all this focus on the result, on what our kids are like as adults or what school they get into or whether they get married or not or have a good career. And it's crazy the pressure we put on ourselves to produce these results that, um, guess what? They're not even in our control. Sure, we can influence our kids, but their career, the kind of citizen they're going to be, that's up to them. They actually have choices in the matter, and at a certain point, it's completely out of our hands. So to put all the focus on those results is really shooting ourselves in the foot because we can't control that outcome. We can't make those results happen. And when we're so busy focusing on that end result, it takes away from our ability to enjoy the process of getting there. And even our ability to show up the way we want to as parents, do the kinds of things with or for our kids that we really want to do, the, even the kinds of things that we think will produce those results are sometimes sabotaged by focusing too much on the results. I don't think this means that we shouldn't make a goal in the first place, that we shouldn't have any idea, you know, what kind of results we would like or want to shoot for or anything. I think we still need a direction to move toward. But we just need to understand that achieving that, reaching that, is not the point. The point is everything we do trying to reach that and in this case making your kid into a certain kind of person is an impossible goal and so it's that same concept of working toward the impossible and all the things that happen in that process are the point i want to give you a challenge to find an impossible goal and then do it anyway and this doesn't necessarily have to be a, you know, a vision long-term that you're going to change the world and you're going to not reach it ever, but die trying. This could just be trying out oil painting or learning to build something out of wood. You probably have some kind of interest in something that you think 
What's the point? I'll never be good at it. I'll never make it. And so you don't start, you don't try. And I'm telling you, you could be having so much fun trying anyway. And you never know, and you might surprise yourself and pull it off like I did with that piano piece a year ago. But even if you don't, it doesn't matter. You'll have fun. You'll learn skills. You'll meet people, maybe. You'll become a different person by trying for this impossible goal, even if you never get there. So find something, even if it's just something you're mildly interested in that seems so far off that it would be pointless to try. And then try it anyway. And I would love to hear about it. Thank you so much for listening. I will talk to you soon.